Hello, everyone. This is Sherman Perryman with Sherman P. Speaks, and today I have Tiffany here. Tiffany, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today um, me and Tiffany are going to talk about uh, sexual abuse and um, what like she went through as far as being the victim of uh, sexual abuse when she was a child. So, a survivor. A survivor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Cool. So let's just talk about that. Like, how how did it happen? Um. So, um, the person was my older brother. Um, he's three years older than me, and um, uh, it just—I mean, it was um. Like, I don't know, what do you mean when you say how, how did it happen? Like, was it, well, let's just say, like, when it happened, like, what was going on? Um, well, there were multiple occasions. Um, it happened for quite some time over, over, um, over a period of time. Um, I think as early as I can remember was, like, maybe, like, four, three, I was, like, three, maybe four um, years old. Um, so it kind of goes back as far as like my memories can go back as far as I can really recall. I, I remember that being like a part of my life, like sex always being a part of my life, not um, not like full penetration, but like sexual activity always being um, a part of my life. So um, it was usually when my mother wasn't around or um just when, when we were alone, I think the first time um, it happened, I, the, the first time it happened, I remember, um, I think he like wanted me to like play. He, he asked me to play with it. Those were like the words he used. And um, he, uh, you know, he, he wanted me to, to play with it. And I, I, uh, I remember being really confused about what he meant and, um, And then he showed me, and I was even more confused. Um, and, uh, okay. So yeah, was, it like, was it like traumatic to you, like at the time, or were you like confused, like why is this happening? Why is he doing this to me? Yeah. It was just. It was. The, I mean, the, the first time it was not like where he he hadn't actually, you know, touched me yet. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, he just wanted me to touch him. Um, and I, I know now, um, well, which I had learned uh, like a few years later, I was probably like uh, maybe eight, that he was actually being molested um, by my uncle. And so um, the things that he was doing to me, he was actually learning from, from my uncle. So it was, mm -hmm. it, was, it was passed down. So do you believe like, um, so what, what's going on with, like, with him now? It's like, you know, from what I observe, it's kind of like you're, uh, you know, kind of like ostracizing him for what he's done, right? Kind of like. Um, you said I am? Yeah. I think that in my understanding of, of how he learned the behavior, I'm not necessarily trying to uh, ostracize him. Mm -hmm. I think that um, I feel like, I feel like there's no excuse for what, what was happening to me, what he was doing to me. It still happened to me and it still made me very confused and very have like this weird, uh, obscured vision of what like love is and what love should be and the type of uh, male female dynamic um, but for the most part I, I think I understand that he was also very confused um, because of what was happening to him so while I'm upset I am I, I, I think I'm also kind of under, understanding in a weird way yeah um, and I think that's 
kind of like the Stockholm syndrome thing that I was explaining, like, you know, um, where like I've always wanted to protect him growing up because I knew, I knew what he was going through. And part of me knowing what he was going through is what kept me silent about what, what he was doing to me, you know? And so, um, I, I didn't say anything. That was just one of the things that kept me silent was just knowing that he was also going through this. And so I was like the person that he confided in about that, but also he took advantage of, you know, my innocence as well in the same way that his was being taken advantage of. So did he apologize for what he did? Um, a few years ago, he said to me, um, a, a friend of ours had passed away. And um, this was a friend that was my friend that I actually introduced him to who they did music together. And when he passed away, he called me and said, because at the time, uh, my brother and I were not talking. We weren't cool. And um, he called me and he said, you know, I just wanted to call you because, you know, um, this mutual friend of ours passed away. And he said, and I wouldn't have even known him if it weren't for you. Um, he said, and you and I aren't even cool right now. He said, so I just want to apologize for everything I've ever done to you. And I don't know what that everything encompassed. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know immediately that's where my, my, my head went was to that. And I didn't know if that's what he meant, but I know that, that him saying that trigger, it was like a trigger for me to bring back all of those all of those memories like before that I, tr I had tried to ignore that that was that that was like a, a very real part of my life mm -hmm. and um, so him saying that him saying everything I've ever done to you was kind of like you know but now now that I'm speaking out he's denying that that ever happened and so I don't I don't know if that apology included that or not you know Right, it's because he wasn't specific, so it didn't seem like it was sincere right. to that, you know, specific act. And I can exactly. That. But maybe, do you think that he's like um, denying it because of the fear of um, of like admitting it and people like knowing for sure that this happened? You know, do you think that that might be like he might be fearful of admitting it because he don't want to be looked at as a certain type of person? Yeah, I. I absolutely believe that he doesn't want to, he doesn't want the backlash. And considering the backlash that I'm getting, even being a quote unquote victim, right. um, consider even considering that backlash that I'm getting, I can just imagine, you know, the type of things people would say to him, um, you know, knowing that, that he has done that. So yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I can understand that. And so, like, growing up, like, how did you uh, value yourself, you know? It was really difficult for me to, um, to live uh, up to my full potential. It was really difficult for me to um, rationalize my worth. Um, I didn't, I never worked to my full capacity and my full potential. My confidence was, was pretty low. Um, I always... Uh, searched for male attention and um, you know a, a part of and the reason is um, I'm married now so I've done the love language test and all that stuff so my uh, come to find out my love language is one of my love languages physical touch and so having that happen to me as a kid it caused me to run to to that you know to just decide that um, nobody's going to take sex from me. If I want it, I'm just going to give it away. Um, so, you know, you being that and having that as my love language, which I didn't understand then, but it, it made me kind of promiscuous. And um, I had a child at 14 um, that, you know, so it, it made me just feel like, um, like I needed uh, male, you know, attention that I, it, it made my view of love very, very obscured. Was your, uh, was your father in the home at all? 
my father was not in the home no okay he was um he was i knew my dad i spent i spent time with him but not regularly and then um when i was around my dad he was uh you know he'd be there for a couple hours and he'd leave and leave me with his girlfriend and her kids and you know he'd go off and do his own thing he wasn't really ready to be a dad you know mm-hmm. at that time so yeah it was um and with my mom we also moved around a lot so there was never like a anywhere where we grew roots you know we were kind of unstable we didn't live in the same place for like two or three years we'd be there for two or three years and then we move somewhere else so um it was uh it was hard for me to find that to hold on to that made me feel worth anything you know right right so do you think it was like a series of events including you know the abuse that happened as well that kind of like led you to you know seeking that type of attention and um you know being promiscuous and things like that growing up absolutely yeah that that definitely it definitely played a part in um in in me feeling like i needed to like because it made me seem like that's what love was you know that's this is my older brother, you know what I mean? So if this is what my older brother is doing to me and he's supposed to love me, then, you know, now that he's not doing that anymore and now that that's, you know, that's not the love that I'm getting, now right. now who's, now, you know, how are they going to love me and what do I have to do to get love from this person? So, yeah, it, it, it definitely played a, a huge part. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that, golly. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, in what way, it's like, now that you're identifying um, what happened to you and you're trying to, you know, grow from it, like, what ways are you doing now? Like, what ways are you helping yourself now? Um, so um, I try to, I meditate a lot. Um, and I spend a lot of time just talking to my inner child and letting her know that she's safe that she's loved that the love does not require um physical touch um i I, um read um and i went to therapy i was in counseling for for a while that's good just being able to talk about it and um just being able to you know verbalize because for for a long time i couldn't I couldn't say it out of my mouth. Like even when I told my husband, I didn't, I didn't say it to him. I, I sent it to him in a text message. So for a long time, it was really hard for me to even verbalize um, what happened. And so just now being able to say it out of my mouth is a, is a huge accomplishment because, um, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't for a long time. That was part of my fear, you know. But you holding that in because, like, you know, I'm married too, and I I realize that sometimes, like, even though we are married, we kind of like her hold certain things in from our uh, from our mate, you know. So do you feel like you holding that in from him and not telling him that kind of like uh, affected your marriage as far as like communication and things of that sort? It, you know, I told my husband that something had happened to me when I was younger. Um, but I never told him what, so he was always really patient with me as far as, um, just allowing me to come to him in my own time and talk to him in my own time, just be ready to, to, you know, deal with it in my own time. Um, because when I, when I told him something had happened, I just said, I'm not ready to to say it yet because I was still coming to terms with not only what happened, but who who had done it to me because I also felt like because my brother and I had a relationship after that, like we had sort of a weird brother sister dynamic after the fact that nobody would believe me because, you know, why would you still be cool with somebody who did this to you? And that's, and that's, that's been some of the questions that I've been getting from people since then, like, well, y'all were close. So you know, if, if somebody molested me or somebody raped me, I wouldn't be close to them. And so 
even in 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 tr me trying to understand why why would I still be cool with him afterwards? Um, well, that that was my that was my brother, and I I've always had a great understanding of things. For some reason, I've always been able to just comprehend why things work the way they work, and so with me knowing what he went through and why what he was going through caused what happened what he was doing to me I, I was I always tried to like protect him and keep his secrets and you know but I didn't realize that doing that was it was killing me and it was causing problems in my life problems in my marriage problems in relationships that I was having and um, me rebelling and just not following rules and um, me not being able to succeed in anything and not being able to hold on to to anything and you know always running and always there is it's, it's, it's so much that I didn't realize was rooted in me just not speaking up and so um, you know it, it's 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 been a it's been a it's been a process, but um, definitely counseling and therapy, and just talking about it. Even right now, um, with you asking these questions, it's very therapeutic, and it's allowing me to to dig deeper and and just get a better understanding um, for myself of what was happening and why. Right, yeah, and that's a, and that's the reason why I want to have it. You know, what I mean hopefully well i kind of already know help other people as well you know because a lot of times you know even with myself i hold a lot of things that happened to me in my childhood in you know what i mean and then when i talk about it it's kind of like why don't you bring that up things change we're getting better but then at the same time it's like but that act still affects me you know what i'm saying so right. i bring it up just so you know the, per the person who did it you know will know I and mean, they can be like at least apologize or something and then we can move forward because a lot of times I just see people expecting someone to sweep it under the rug because time passed or you know the relationship is better or that person is changed but then like you know I feel like internally you know like you said it can cause you to have different problems you know in your life you know what I mean like yeah I had, a, I had a problem like you know myself like expressing love you know or like me, uh, uh, like I could be really cold-hearted and I could like shut stuff down really quick and not really care. But that's because me myself, I got kicked out of the house at 12 years old, 16, 18. You know what I'm saying? I got kicked out of the house so many times I can't even remember. But then it was just like if my parent could do this to me, then you know I could be that cold to somebody else. You know what I mean? So I really like don't have compassion and uh that's something that i'm trying to work on but at right. least i identified the problem which is my problem, you know what i'm saying absolutely yeah. absolutely and i'm learning also that a lot of um generational curses are having to be broken in our generation and um i'm learning about um the energy that was carried from our ancestors, that energy is also passed down through us yeah. um, so from generation to generation. So we are carrying generations worth of negative energy in our DNA. And so that's why we feel these things so passionately now. And it's, it's come to a point where now we have to break those cycles. And so um, that's just something that I've been learning and just, um, my my therapy and you know and my research and everything and so um part of the reason why it's so strong and things are felt so strong between you know this generation is because it's time for us to to, to break that then you know time for us to not pass that down to our children so yeah and we have the resources to learn to do it as well you know, not, you know my mom always tell me my some people are victims of victims, you know, and what I found that is like, okay, I understand how the person, you know, did that act that they did what they did, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. and that helps me like, okay, if I could understand this, maybe I wouldn't be so mad at them, you know, and maybe I would be like, okay, well, you know, let me accept them for who they are at the end of the day, they really can't help me, you know? 
Yeah, I think that's why I'm not searching for like a, a prosecution or something like that for him. I really want him to heal himself because like I said, I, I do know what he went through, but that doesn't mean that that should not negate the fact that I went through what I went through. And I still had to bear the brunt of that, you know, my myself of just him trying to figure out who he is and, you know, cause he was being molested by my uncle, you know? So that in and of itself is a, is a difficult thing, you know, uh, just, yeah, especially. I, I'm not trying to make him out to be, you know, victim or whatever, but there, there is, there was something that led up to it, you know. Yeah, and, I mean that's a that's a hard thing to do because number one, it's a man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, so it's like, somebody that he looked up to, or you know, whatever else. So that was confusing for him. So in, I don't know, I don't know if it was him trying to decide if he was gay or declare that he was not, you know, it, whatever, for whatever reason, you yeah. know, I became his victim while he was being a victim. So just like you said, being a, some of us are victims of victims. And then, um, you know, these things are, are passed down to us from way, way back when, you know, and it's generational curses. So it's just time to break that and, not pass it down. I don't want to pass that down to my daughters. And I certainly don't want, you know, to pass that down to my sons right. or to then pass it down to grandkids or great grandkids and so on and so forth. So Yeah. And then it's like, you know, we have to be proactive with it. Because with my kids, I'm like super loving, you know, kisses, hugs, telling them that I love them. You know what I mean? Because maybe, you know, I really didn't feel like that growing up. You know what I'm saying? I never had like the only affection in person I had is probably like as a male figure to my grandfather. Mm-hmm. You know, but my dad really wasn't that much of an affectionate person. But then I figured that like kids need affection as well as discipline from Absolutely. the You know what I'm saying? And so me, if you can identify like what you didn't like growing up, what you wanted growing up, what you thought you deserved growing up, the best way to go about it is to give that same thing to your children. Yeah. And to the best of your ability, because when I think back, I'm like, man, I hated the way I felt. Yeah. So I'll be damned if I let, you know, another person that's, you know, of my likeness feel that way too. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And Absolutely. that's the way, like, I'm able to get through, you know, and just be like, okay, well, I'm the best thing I can do because what's done in the past, that's, that's already done. You know what I'm right. So now it's just like, all right. To move forward, this is how I need to go ahead and do things and act on things. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And then, yeah. like, you probably should. What I suggest is you just have a conversation, you know, just meet up with your brother and have a conversation with him. Be like, hey, man, I know what happened to you. I know what you did to me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, I love you. I We had love growing up, but this still affects me. And I just wanted to tell you how I felt. You know what I'm saying about this whole act, but I know that you weren't. You know, he was what seven, eight. You know, yeah, he was he was three years older than me. So from yeah, so from like seven to thirteen. Yeah, he probably didn't know what he was doing. You know, he was just like, well, this person does this to me, I can do it to you. Not to say, you know, that you know what I'm saying, but I couldn't imagine like, you know, I got a nephew that's that age. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that. I'll be hot if he did that to one of mine, but you know, at the same time, I'm like, okay, where's this kid getting his act from? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Is he watching something or, you know, like what's going what on? What happened? Right. Where'd yeah. he come from? Yeah. Yeah. But like a good thing about you is that he told you, you know what I'm saying? Like what happened to him? And that's hard for, I couldn't imagine like telling somebody like, hey man, you know, this man molested me. You know, I had a friend tell me that before, you know what I mean? And I was just like, damn, like, yo, uncle, bro. Yeah, I say, what do you say to that? Yeah. Right, right. And, you just think, and at, at the end of it, I think I was the one that told my mom that that was happening to him. And, you know, she ended up prosecuting, having my uncle prosecuted, and he's a registered sex offender now. But he was like a real predator, my uncle. So 
even after he got out of prison for what he did to my brother, um, you know, he was doing that to other kids. So this, my uncle's like a, a predator. Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's like, like this, that's the kind of dude that you castrate and throw under the jail. Like, you know what I mean? Cause he's just, he's just no good for society. Just, he just needs to, he, they, he needs to stand in front of a firing squad because he's, he's destroying, you know, he's destroying families and, you know, that's my uncle, but he doesn't need to be here. Right. It's time for him to move on. Golly. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, but you know, that's, that's the decision that he made. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's all little boys too. like come to find out all every, you know, cause he was, he was gay. My uncle's gay. Um, but yeah, he was doing it to to all little boys. And he did it to this one kid in our neighborhood. Um, this and this was like two thousands or something. The crazy part is I was never afraid to be around my uncle. I knew that he wouldn't he wasn't gonna do anything to me because he was not interested in girls. Yeah. So um he was living with my grandmother like back in two thousand two thousand six. 2007 and um he was molesting the little boys in the neighborhood he ended up moving out of my grandmother's house into a, a duplex across the street and he had toys he didn't have any kids but he had toys in his house and stuff to like entice the, the little boys in the neighborhood to come into his house and play so he could so he could you know mess with them it was he was a real predator so I can just imagine what what my brother was going through, but God. I think we're past the point where we can talk about it. He's he's very very angry in his life. You know his his life has taken a pretty pretty bad turn, and he's just not. You know he doesn't trust anybody. He's he's at a point where he just he's just he's picked like his small circle of friends and. You know, that's that. So, but that that could also stem down to like what happened to him. You know, yeah. like how you said, like how your adult life was affected because of what happened to you. That might be happening to him. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't trust many people either. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you trusted your uncle, and then that happened to you. And then, like, I don't really like making excuses for predators. You know, victims is different, but predators, can, right? You know, yeah, no, there's no excuse for what he was doing at all. Right. <laughs> there's, right. there's no and excuse. Kind of like, I wonder what happened to him, you know? And that's, I'm, wow, like, I'm, you know, I like, won't influence a guy to, to do those things. You know what I'm saying? Right. Especially when there's, pl there's plenty of guys that's going to give it to you, just give it to you. So why are you taking it from kids, you know? Yeah. It, that's not something I want to try and figure out. You know, we could dissect uh, his brain after he after yeah. he drinks. Like, I mean, you know, that has to come from the source. Like you said, I ain't trying to figure that out either. You know, unless I mean, the best thing you can say is like something after him. But other than that, it's kind of like wow. You know? Yeah, no, I'm not interested to know. <laughs> you know, he just needed. That's just something he needed to. He needed to realize was wrong. And the the fact is he he knew it was wrong because he went to prison for it and then he got out and continued the behavior so that's he was you know he's just a predator you that's just one of those a lost cause basically you know but there was a lot of like generational things going on on that side of my family so that was my mom's side of the family and um my grandmother there so my mom's mom um, she had, uh, seven kids, six boys. And then my mom was the youngest. My mom was molested by all of her brothers growing up, except for one. Of course, I think, I think it was, no, I think he said, she said that he, he used to molest her too. I know that it was one of her brothers that didn't molest her, but she was molested, not just molested, but like full on raped by her brothers, um, growing up. But their mom, my grandma, um, her mom was, uh, her mom owned a brothel. And so her dad, my grandma's dad, my grandfather, who I've never met, um, was uh, a John, you know, in a, in a brothel. Got my granny pregnant, had my grandma, 
and then my grandma had all these boys so that there was a lot of sexual confusion that just comes down that that line you know a lot of just things that were just passed down through that through that generate through that uh, you know the generational curses so Hmm. yeah yeah, that's a lot to go through. And your uncle was one of the ones that did molest your mom. Yeah, yep. And so my mom was, she tried to be really protective um, by being very open and honest um, with us as far as what she was going through. Um, but it didn't, it didn't help. I think because part of her saying, like, if anybody ever touched you, I would do such and such and such to me. It made me also fearful for my brother because I, I, that was my brother. You know, I did love him. I didn't want my mom to kill him or whatever she would say. So I think in parents even saying like, if somebody ever hurts you, I would kill them. You have to be careful in saying that because what if the person that's hurting you is somebody that you love, right? Like, so I don't want you to kill this person. So I'm going to be quiet. I'm not going to, say anything because I don't want anything to happen to this person even though they're hurting me in this way so that you know that it it makes it difficult so you have to you have to be careful in how you how you even ask your kids if there's something going on like what what do you say I think you just have to kind of keep an open dialogue and make them feel comfortable um you know, because I want to tell my daughter the same thing. You know, I have a, a, a 12 and an 11 year old. My son is 12. My daughter is 11. And they're very close. But I watch their relationship very closely. And sometimes I think I watch them a little too close because of what happened to me. And I try not to be that, you know, sometimes it bothers me when they're sitting on the couch watching TV and my son is laying in my daughter's lap or, you know, things like that. Like, I don't. I don't feel like anything is going on, but it just brings up those. Yeah. It brings up uncomfortable feelings, you know, to even see. And I'm like, you know, I have to realize that, okay, they're, they don't, you know, I'm not, I'm, we're not passing this down, you know, I'm not allowed, I'm trying not to allow this to happen. So I try and keep a very open dialogue with them. I have not told my kids that it was their uncle that, molested me I have not um I did tell them that something happened to me in my childhood that I would talk to them about um someday but I haven't told them and it's because they they you know they're close they they you know they have a relationship with their uncle you know I don't try and make it so that nobody deals with him you know what I mean right um or so that whatever happened between he and I, I don't want that. And that's another reason why I didn't speak up, say anything, because I didn't want what happened between me and him to affect the other relationships that that he has or, you know, whatever. I like for you make your own decision about whether you want to deal with this person. Don't do it based on my experience with them. Right. So. Your experience will have a heavy influence, so I will say that. Clear. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Yeah, and it is, yeah. And I, I could kind of like see um you having a problem seeing affection in that kind of way as far as in regards to your children. And uh, you know, I man, that must be hard because I have a uh a, a daughter that's five and my son is one and like they are extremely close, you know, hug each other, play with each other. You know, and they're just like showing affection. So I can't even imagine like having that in the back of my mind. Like, you know, like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, it deep. It, it yeah. runs really deep. Those, you know, those emotions that, and that part of that goes back to just me needing to heal my inner child and say, hey, this doesn't happen to everybody. Because even in sharing on my Facebook, um, there's a lot of women that have, that have dealt with the same thing, but there's been a few that are like, wow, I'm sorry you guys went through that. So there are women that haven't dealt with that. And so I have to, I have to remind myself that this is not everybody's story. There are a lot of people that have the same or similar stories, but it's not everybody's story and it's not gonna be my children's story. And so I have to just 
remind myself that I'm breaking that cycle, that that cycle is being broken through me and be at peace with that and just kind of try and silence that in the back of my head. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I understand. I mean, but like, you know, I was dating, you know, like 17, you know, 16 on up. Like a lot of my girlfriends will tell me about like, you know, themselves getting raped or sexually abused. And, you know what I'm saying? Even like recently, um, a friend of mine had told me about a situation a couple months ago, you know, that she got raped. And it just like, it, it made my blood boil. You know what I'm saying? Like my hands got red, I was shaking, you know, and it's because I hate that so much. And it's just like, you know, just hearing someone be taken advantage of and them not being able to like really be themselves or be loving, you know, because of that. Like, you know, it kind of sucks for somebody to have their innocence and their love uh, taken away from them, you know? And I feel like in America, a lot of people go through that and uh, we have like a lot of problems with being affectionate towards others, you know? Like in other countries, yeah. I see men kiss cheek to cheek. You know, a woman will come. Kiss I remember saying that, like when you came back from, uh, was it Israel or Dubai? You went to Dubai. Yeah. Yeah, and a man That's had like, held my oh. hand. A man had grabbed my hand firmly and held it, and we were walking. How did you feel about that? Uh, I kind of seen him like. like uh, when I first landed in Dubai, me and my boy were just like walking downtown and we saw men walking, hand, holding hands. And we was like, what the hell? You know, it's a Muslim country. So we're like, you know, damn, there's gay people out here too. You know, it, it must be crazy. <laughs> you know I mean? like, my family on my dad's side is Muslim. So, you know, I greet my uncle. We touch cheeks. You know what I'm saying? Been doing that forever. You know, so I was like, maybe it's just like some... An Islamic way of doing things, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then it's like, you know, the guy was talking to me, he was friendly, he was cool, and he grabbed my hand in like a firm way, you know what I'm saying? Like, like say, when, when men shake hands, it's like firm. But he ain't grabbed it like, oh no, made me feel like he was a woman. It was just like, we're men, and we're walking together and in a bond, and we're talking, you know what right. I'm saying? And I would, that never, that has never been done to me. But then the energy that I felt, the way he was, it was kind of like, okay, this is, this must be a custom. You know what I'm saying? And it's cool. Right. You know what I mean? So I really didn't get weird about like, hey man, what the hell? It's because of the whole act behind it. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. And I seen it and it was just like, I don't think there was like a, you know, a funny, a funny bone in his body. You know what I mean? That make me think he was trying to, intrude on me or anything like that to take right. me. but there has been like occasions you know where i felt like men was trying to take advantage of me being touchy feely you know what i'm saying yeah where i couldn't really like you know get on them because it just might be genuinely them you know what i mean right say if like a random dude come and just like grab on my shoulders or something like that i'm like hey you know like come on bro. Like, <laughs> You know, like, you don't have to do all that because that's kind of like, you know, that's a that's an area where I don't think anybody, you know, should be touching. But hands... Oh, you look like, far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, what if I start liking it or something? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, for real, it's like you could get, like, you know, like, depending on... You, you could get just aroused, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want you to touch me anywhere where a woman could arouse me the same way, you know? like Right touch them on my shoulders and rub on my shoulders and be like so you got a safe zone did you did you have to use your safe word <laughs> right well <laughs> right. it's like the hand thing it was like okay cool you know what i'm saying but then i was yeah. like damn man like i know some people you know probably think about this like what man, damn but nigga really did that but i think that we have like a big problem with affection based off of like how sexuality and how like it, it's, it's, it is in the society and how perversion is in the society. Absolutely. Yeah. So I like somebody like my son walked up to this man, you know, I was in the hood and I was at a freshman meeting and my son walked up to, up to this lady that had like a blue rag hanging out her pocket, 
you know, she was dressed like a man, you know what I'm saying? She was kind of thugged out, kind of heavy set. And he walked up to her like this, you know, with his arms up. And she picked him up and was like, hey, how you doing? And like this girl that was there looked at me like, what the hell? Like, you really gonna let her pick up your baby? And I was like, I don't, I don't see what she's doing wrong. You know, it's like, to me, I didn't really feel offended because I was watching her the whole time. But right. Kind of like, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't, like, was I supposed to get mad? You know what I'm saying? Like, she yeah. didn't rub on him. She picked him up the same way I was, you know? Yeah. It's like people don't trust the village anymore, you know? That's, that's, you know, or they, they used to say, like, it takes a village to raise a child. They, they actually still use that sometimes. But right. people don't trust the village anymore. The village has lost its trustworthiness. And, right, um, right. Yeah, because it's like, you know, I don't want nobody to whoop my child and you better not touch my don't child. Don't say to them, don't look at them, don't, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't really, you know, me personally as a parent, I don't really like that because I'm like, I want my child to know how to deal with different adverse situations, you know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Like my son is acting up and my dad or mom papa will be like, well, over there, you don't do this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> figure out you better figure out what you can do where right and that's what i tell my kids too like when you're at somebody's house you are subject to their rules like when their dad um they were staying with their dad for a little while their dad had a girlfriend and most people most baby mothers are like um are are like real protective like don't have my kids around no other women da, 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 da. you know they're yeah. bitter in that way I actually met the girl and shook her hand and thanked her for loving my kids and taking care of my kids when they're away from me. And I made sure to tell my kids to be respectful. Like, y'all better be respectful of her. She's feeding you. She's, you know, paying for the water that you wash your ass with, you know, all that stuff. So just make sure that you are respectful of her and understand that if she chastises you, that's just what happens. Like, you're, you're stuck with that because you need to obey her rules when she's here and people just don't they don't trust the village anymore they just don't you know take advantage of the fact that your kids and the cold part is is your kids miss out on you know a well-rounded diverse discipline love you know mm -hmm. affection dynamic because true enough nobody's gonna love my kids the way that i love them but there are things that I'm missing. Like I'm not perfect. So there's things that I'm missing in my life that I don't know how to portray. So maybe she has that, right. you know, maybe they'll get something else from their grandmother and they'll get something else from their dad and they'll get something else from their aunts and they'll get something else from, you know, but we absolutely need the whole village yeah. um, to take care of our kids. But, you know, back to the, I mean, based on, the conversation that we're having, can you trust the village? You know, do you know what the village, the villagers are going to do with your kids when they have them? You know? Well, what I do with uh, my daughter now is I have that serious conversation. I'm like, if anybody touches you or if anybody does anything to you, you let me or your mommy know. And I don't <laughs> tell her, that's in a way to make her feel uncomfortable for that. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I say it nice. <laughs> I say it gentle. Just let, just let me know. You know. It's like, just let daddy know. But she tells everything anyway. Like, Good. I, I, can't, I can't even get away with nothing. She's like, my daddy's house and all. I'll be like, oh, my God. <laughs> she already can't hold water. But then yeah. I, like, I just make sure I make her comfortable with Good. telling me things. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that's like the way I do it. And then I have to like also train her to protect herself because at the end of the day, you know, she's not going to be under my wing 24 seven. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like even when she's 13, you know, when she starts to develop her body and all that other stuff, I still, I'm not going to be there to protect her. Like she could be at school. And when I was in middle school, you know, the thing was just to grab a girl butt. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they would. Yeah. So it's like, if that happens to her, I can't be naive and be like, okay, this will never happen to my daughter just because she's my daughter. I got to teach her, like, hey, if somebody does that, you know, protect yourself. You know, I got to teach her self-defense, things like that. 
you yeah. know what I'm saying? But I mean, the last thing I would want someone to do is like, you know, molest her or touch her, you know, inappropriately. But then I also have to remember like, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you know, let go. You know what I'm saying? Even though like, I think that we've been, you know, I've heard a lot of stories about these type of things happening, but then I just gotta have trust to just be like, okay, you know, she knows to tell me if anything happens. She knows that this is wrong if somebody touches her here. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And a lot of times I feel like, you know, we, I guess like parents sometimes don't want to tell their kids about things like that. So it's just like when it happens, I mean, like, I'm not sure what, like, what, if it happened to you, you kind of like confused, like, why is this happening? Why is this person doing this to me? You know, is this supposed to happen? Is this okay? You know? Mm-hmm. Because like, I, I heard of a situation, I'm not going to put the person on blast who told me this, but, you know, there was a guy who was a, um, a homosexual, right? He was gay. So the guy was gay because he thought that him being gay was like, you know, was cool because he was molested growing up. By me. You know so he thought like, like okay, this is, this is how it's supposed to be. This is who I am because it's happened to me. But then when the uh, when the therapist like told him like okay you know maybe it's this it's the that he was just like oh damn, I never thought about it this way you know what I'm saying and I'm just saying like this is what happens to, like all people because I do believe some people are born that way and some people are nurtured that way as well you know what yes. I'm so it's just like you know it's just like damn you know it was kind of this like a normal thing to him based off of what has happened. You know? mm-hmm. So I just wanted to, I, I just had to tell my kids, I know that's not normal. Somebody touches you there. And as soon as they could comprehend what I'm saying, is when I tell them that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know, and that's the thing. Like, I guess that now, nowadays, we just can't believe that it can't happen to our child. And we can't just be naive to believe that it won't happen to our child just because it's our child. Absolutely. Because you know I think that any, you know, I I I still could scare my mom on some things, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like with these, you know. I'm like, mom, back in the day this happened. She's like, Oh my God, are you serious? You know? And that's what's happening now with me being open. Like I told my mom some years ago that this happened. Um, but she never knew the details and you know, how for how long it happened and you know, at, at, to what extent things were happening. And so now she's finding out and she is, she is torn up. Like, I mean, well, you, you kind of know my mom a little bit. So, um, she's just, she's really, she's really torn up about it. Like she had a really hard time these past few days because now she's, it's almost like she's reliving her childhood, hearing the things that happened that, you know, how far things went with, with my brother and so uh yeah that that this like you said you can still scare your parent with things that that they never that they never knew about that's it's she's yeah. like even with her knowing you know she i don't think she ever thought how deep how deep did this go how far did it go you know right so, and she knows she doesn't want you feeling the same way that she felt you know right and that's the thing and then like you know nobody not to say anything against you, like having kids at 13, but I'm sure you wouldn't want your daughter to be pregnant in like two years, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so she probably thinking about like, you know, that as well, you know what I mean? Right. I, well, I have, because I have also, well, my daughter that I had at 14, she's, uh, she's 18 now. She'll be 19 in February. So she got past the, you know, she got out of high school and all that with no kids. So I was really like, fingers crossed, like, who oh, please don't let me be a grandma because I'm only 28, you know? <laughs> so I was really scared. Yeah. I was really scared. But she, she's she got a good head on her shoulders. And so, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, nothing has happened that I don't know about, I'm, you know. And so, you know, I've always been really protective of my kids. I... Anytime I have a baby, like I stop working until they're like three or four and can like talk 
and, you know, fully comprehend and give me a full conversation and, you know, so that they can tell me what's going on in their lives. Like, I don't let anybody keep them until they can talk to me and tell me what's going on. So um, I just, you know, I've always been really protective of my children because of, you know, because of my situation. So yeah, because of what, what happened. I, I mean, I, I really don't blame you on that, you know, but then it's also you want the best for your children as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to like take a person that can't talk and don't know no better. It's over some random person's house that you don't know, you know, and pay them, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> on top of right. that. And, and expect them to love and care for your child in the way that they, you know, in the way that you would. And, right. Yeah. Right. And, and with the other 10 kids that they have there, too, to, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, I have it that way, too, you know. So that's just good. I think that that's just good parenting as well, you know. <laughs> Not just your situation, but I think that that's just, like, good. Yeah. It's really, uh, it's really a good thing that you're able to do that for your children and still survive. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But Barely, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's definitely a good thing. No, but then one thing I have taken uh, from this that I like advise you to do, you know, it's like try to, uh, you know, reach out to your mom and, you know, reach out to your brother and maybe y'all all could come together possibly and just, you know, have a session where y'all can just talk and heal. You know what I'm saying? Sounds good, but I just no. know that is not that is not <laughs> that is not you gonna try. happen. You can try. You, just, you have to know who you're dealing with. So let me just give you a brief overview. Like my brother is, I don't want to say he's a bad seed because he's not. He was dealt a bad hand of cards, you know, and and. He not only was he dealt a bad hand, but he chose to play them in a really bad way. And so, um, you know, he's had a lot of bad breaks, but at the same time, he's just not a likable person at all. You know, it, he's just not. And I, I, I mean, uh, let's see, over the years, my brother has come and stayed with me like he's lived in my apartment and wreaked havoc while living in my apartment. Um, even recently, like maybe two years ago, two and a half, three years ago, um, he had got a new job and um, this job was taking him out of the state. So he decided instead of paying his rent, um, that he would take his rent money so that he wouldn't go out of state with no money. And so his girlfriend and his dog needed a place to go right so i decided to let his girlfriend his dog come and stay with me this was supposed to be for six weeks until he got his first check at which time he would get a new apartment for his girlfriend and his dog with this new job it turned out that he that she stayed with me for six months the dog was a a, a pit bull that then grew into you know how big a pit bull can get in six months right like mm -hmm. the pit bull was a puppy by the time the dog moved out the dog looked like he was like three years old it's huge mm -hmm. um lived in my apartment for six months didn't pay any rent didn't buy any food didn't you know didn't didn't do anything and then my nephew his son ended up moving into my apartment because for whatever reason he wasn't living with his mom anymore so now i have his girlfriend his dog, his son, my three kids at the time, myself, all living in this two-bedroom apartment. And, um, you know, I had a, a one slight little disagreement with, with his girlfriend, and she ended up calling him, telling him that I was just this terrible person. Um, and he's hated me ever since as if I did something to him. Like I literally just let your girlfriend live in my apartment rent free for six months with your dog and your son. And I was dropping your son off at school and picking, picking your son up at school. Like he's just not, he's just not a likable person. He really thinks that, that everybody around him owes him something. And so 
until he gets whatever he feels he's owed, he's not talking to nobody. So it sounds good to want to reach out to him and talk to him. But I think that um, he should reach out to me because I didn't harm him. You know, I don't I don't have any ill will. I don't wish, wish any harm on him. But I'm OK if I never talk to him again. Like I'll, I'll be OK with that. Yeah, but I, you say your kids have a relationship, but um, yeah, want a relationship with your nephew as well. And I do, I do. Because sometimes, I mean, there were situations where, you know, me and my dad got into it bad, and I wasn't talking to him for six months, and I had to be the bigger person. You know, mm-hmm. twenty-three year, twenty-three, twenty-four years old, I had to reach out, and mm-hmm. I'm like, God damn, like. Why don't you reach out to me? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I thought the same thing, but then it was just like some people, you know, you had to be the strong. Sometimes you got to be the strongest one. You know what I mean? In order to help the, uh, in order to help the team move forward. You know, mm-hmm. and that's that's just what I get. You know, from things because it's like, you know, sometimes we're tired of being a bigger person, but then it's just like you were blessed enough to be able to be the bigger person and to lead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like, you know, I just wanted to see the best for everybody and the best of families, especially families that were victims of, you know, those very, very unfortunate situations. You know what I'm saying? And right. I feel like all of y'all are, you know, these people that are victims. And sometimes all it does take is just like a conversation, you know what I'm saying? And that'll like really help, you know, just to be like, hey, man, I appreciate this and this is how I feel. And then they can apologize, you know, y'all cry on each other's shoulders, something like that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and then just move forward, you know what I'm saying? What kind of movies you been watching? Because uh, that is, this does not have one of those fairy tale endings, I'm That's telling you. I've heard it happen before. <laughs> like, you know, I got friends that parents was on drugs, you know, and then they had a you know, a, a conversation with them and they apologize and they, you know, trying to move forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it could happen. It's not impossible, you know? It could. Then it's just like, I feel like, you know, it. it's just like all of y'all have something in common that you, you know, you need to get over. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's just the way I feel about it. Because it's like, you know, when I was in with my family trauma, I have to talk to different family members and then like, you know, I talk to that person. You know what I'm saying? Right. A lot of times people will try to run from me, you know? But me, I'm the type to be like, hey, nah, like, this is how I feel. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not going to sweep this under the rug. We're not going to go years on our life acting like something didn't happen. We're not going to ignore it. We're going to nip it in the bud. You know, if you want to talk after cool, if you don't cool, but at the end of the day, we resolve this issue. You know what I'm saying? And I feel better and you can feel better and we can just move on, you know? So that's just the way I look at it. Because I know it can be tough, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't going to say do it tonight, you know? But just like, you know. Definitely not tonight. <laughs> it's just about, you know, if the, time, if the time comes where you feel like there's an opportunity to just be like, you know what? I'm just, you know, just reach out. I know, think I feel... I think I feel like if the time came where there was the opportunity that I would take it, but I'm not going to go searching for it. Like I said, I'm, I'm at, I'm at peace. Like I'm, I'm okay. I'm healing. I'm dealing with it. And I, I just feel like if it, like I said, if, if I never talked to him again in my life, I would be, I'd be okay with that. I would, yeah. I would be okay because I, I'm I'm not the one holding the demons. You know what I mean? I'm not the right. one that I'm not the one in denial. I'm not the one that that's got to look at myself in the mirror and and see the guilt and feel the guilt and go through that. You know what I mean? And right. there were there've been plenty of times where um we've we've had the opportunity to have the conversation. Um I guess nobody ever brought it up. Um, but even right now with me, with me saying something, he could have reached out and said, Hey, this is what's going on. Instead, he sent people to my page to persecute me. He sent people to my Facebook to, to tell me that I was lying, that I was, you know, and then to, to run my history at me. You were a hoe, you were this, you were that. And 
you weren't i think the girl told me i wasn't acting molested whatever that meant oh Um, so 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 to to for me to for you know if if there were was some type of uh reconciliation option i I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon but like i said if um i'm i'm okay if we never talk again like i'm i'm okay with that yeah you know it is what it is you know it's it is what it is i've like i said i've tried multiple times to just be a good sister where i've you know i've had him live with me a couple times i've you know helped him you know in his career path i've i've been a good sister basically and you know yeah hasn't he hasn't he hasn't done the same so i'm okay with with the loss of the brother that i never really had right oh wait that would devastate me because <laughs> 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 no, i got i got four siblings you know and i've talked to them about you know several things that went on in our childhood and then trying to help them out with you know certain things that happened but it wasn't like any trauma that I necessarily inflicted, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's a different thing, you know. But I just gotta deal with like, you know, multiple personalities, you know, every single one of them are different. All of us are different, you know. Absolutely. Like you will you will never say that Sherman act like Ramsey, Smart, Coco, Canina at all, you know. <laughs> but then it's like me, I try to like make sure that we all come together and you know what I'm saying? Still, like, you know, move forward based off of the past and things like that. And then also, you know, my wife's a psychologist, so I get that free therapy all the time. Oh, yeah. All, all day long. <laughs> yeah. Does it bother you? you ever feel like she's psychoanalyzing you when you don't want her to? Nah. <laughs> okay. Nah. nah, because I feel like it's a good thing, you know, because I'm like, if you are doing that, make sure you do that to help me. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, I don't mind constructive criticism, you know. Good. But then it's just like there's ways you can kind of like manipulate your mate to be the best person for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, like your husband can come in and be like, oh, babe, you look so good today. Or <laughs> you're running, you're looking good. You know what I'm saying? That might be like, oh, okay, I should, I should keep going. You know, I'm keep doing it. You know what I mean? There's like ways you could talk to people, not necessarily manipulate, but like talk to people to make them their best selves. You know what I'm if saying? You, if you know what you're doing and you're doing it on purpose, that is absolute manipulation. Right. <laughs> well, you know, if it, if it works for the betterment, you know, then I it's feel like people do that yeah. all the time, you know? Yeah. I mean, but if you are doing it, it should be the person that you're with. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, I- you're doing a good job, you know, or keep up the good work. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times, you know, people don't be feeling genuine about it, but it's just like, you know, doing it to help out that person's self-esteem or help them go and move forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I, I'm looking at it. But no, I don't, you know, I mean, probably so. I do feel that way. Sometimes I'll be like, damn, for real? You know, but sometimes I'll be catching, I'll catch it a lot too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I do be catching it. I'll be like, what? You trying to manipulate me right now? For real. I cash out a lot. I ain't no sucker. No, nah, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Because I'm observing well. She's like very observant at the same time, you know? Yeah. Very observant. So it's a lot. But women are observant, period. Absolutely. We have to be. Yeah, y'all could go somewhere and be like, did you know that this person did this and this and this? And I'll be like, what? You know, I see nothing. <laughs> I was in my own world, you know? <laughs> I be getting that all the time. It's a safe situation for us, you know, and for our loved ones. Like, we we peeped out the whole scenery in two seconds. And we, right. know, we know where we should sit, where we shouldn't sit, who we should talk to, who we shouldn't talk to. We done figured it all out. Right. In a very short period of time. Exactly. That's why you always need one by your side. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yes, indeed. I think the gullible man. Well, what? Oh, okay. 
Yeah. So yeah, I, I really appreciate you um, having this talk with me and like being able to express yourself. You I know. appreciate the, the opportunity to be able to just come in and talk and get it out and I can go woosah and have me a little glass of wine now and you know feel like I got a little bit of therapy in today because I got to just you know so that's good thank you thank you for taking the time to even even for asking the questions and wanting to wanting to know and you know somebody might be like okay well she can talk about this and now let me talk about it so right and then it'll help people like understand too because you have a, a point of not like being victimized but you like also understand why you know even going through like the general curses generational curses and things like that like a lot of people don't tend to understand that you know what i'm saying and it's good that you understand it and that will like you know also you're going through therapy, which is a big step, especially for black people. Yes. Because we don't believe in therapy. Therapy is good. It is. (laughs) Therapy is, do not be afraid of therapy, man. Do not, it is literally just somebody to talk to and somebody, somebody with an objective point of view that can give you options on how to deal with what you're dealing with it ain't always somebody that's just gonna tell you you crazy or you know it's just somebody to talk to so you can get it off get it out of get it off of you and heal be able to be honest if if you're gonna be open and honest you know it's right works right yeah and this will um also encourage people to do the same thing so you know that's a good thing it's a really good thing. And I know for a fact it'll help somebody out there, you know. Meditation, you mentioned that, you know what I'm saying? And then, yeah, how you still are a good person, even though that did happen to you, you know. I'm saying? a good person. I mean, yeah, I'll be trying. I'll be trying. So. <laughs> you're a lot, you know, you're a lot positive than, than, than a lot, you know what I'm saying? Most people. I mean, we got enough negativity in the world, you know. I don't have to put, I don't have to put any more out there, you know. The, the light is going dim on its own, and I'm gonna try to shine as bright as I can until it does, you know. Right, because at the end of the day, all we could do is just move forward, you know. Uh, what happened in the past is kind of like, you know, it's. It, it, I mean, not to say it doesn't matter because it still affects us, but you know, if we do, if we can notify. The thing is, for me, it's just like notifying that it is affecting you and then trying yeah. to solve it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And move forward. Acknowledge it and, and yeah. fix it if it can be fixed and cut it out if it can't and keep it moving. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm about to close it out. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. For listening. And I'll <laughs> talk to you around tax time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Bye.